Hello again, everyone. Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. This is Employment Notebook, a podcast designed to give you some advice and direction when it comes to work-related concerns. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and today, new managers are on our sites as we talk about some of the essentials to success in these management positions. Victor Lipman is back with us to dive into some details. Victor is the founder and principal of Howling Wolf Management Training and has put in many years as a frontline manager himself to give us that perspective. Victor, thanks for coming back on with us. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you for having me. I gave you that little bit of a background of you, but our listeners always like to know some details. So if you could just briefly describe a little bit of your professional experience. Sure. I was in management both as a frontline manager and an executive for about 24 years for a Fortune 500 company. I've always been interested in management, both as an employee and as a manager myself. Just the whole idea of what motivates people, what works and what doesn't, what's, what's an effective way to, to get things done. I write about management now. I'm a, a regular contributor to Forbes and Psychology Today, the online versions of the publications, and I'm the principal of Howling Wolf Management Training. So interested in it from a number of perspectives for, for a long period of time. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's uh, nice to have you on to be able to give us those insights. And, uh, you know, the previous show we had you on talked about trying to figure out who would be a good manager. In this case, we're talking about those new managers who already have a position. And we can't guarantee that all of our listeners heard the previous podcast. So I wanted to ask in a similar fashion for those new managers out there, what would you tell them is their number one goal or purpose when they're in that position? Well, the number one goal of management I see is really accomplishing work through others. It's easy to be, or it's not always easy, but you can be an individual contributor and you can be very good at your job, but the role of management is really to get things done through other people, through teams, and so forth, whether that uh, involves a large corporation like an Apple or a Walmart or or you name it, or a small mom-and-pop operation down the street, the dynamic is pretty much the same. It's your ability to, to handle people and get them to do what you want them to do in, in a reasonable and effective way. Sure. From your experience, uh, you know, whether it be personal or with conversations you have with individuals, your own research, what percentage of new managers do you really think are prepared to be put in that position over others? It's hard to give a really specific percentage but I sure. think it's very fair to say, both from my own experience and some data I can share with you, that it's a fairly small percentage. Okay. I think there's no question that companies are not doing as much training internally as they used to to onboard new managers. And then secondly, there is a, I think, a very valuable statistic out there from the Gallup survey organization. They do a and every three years, a really comprehensive employee engagement survey. And one of the key pieces of data for this most recent survey that was released over the summer was that only 30% of employees nationally were fully engaged, okay. fully emotionally committed to their jobs. And this is out of a sample or from a sample of more than 350,000 employees. And other surveys will show that the leading driver of employee engagement is an employee's relationship with their direct manager. Sure. There are other factors, too. It could be pride in the company, feelings about senior management, and so on. But it's, it's universally regarded 
among folks who study management that the relationship with the direct manager is the most important. So just to come back to my original point, if only 30% uh, on a national basis of employees are fully engaged, that definitely points to very substantive issues with management on a large scale. Right. Well, clearly, and those statistics back it up, I think all of our experiences probably have clued us into the same idea. It's a challenge to become a new manager, no matter what the situation. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but it seems like people aren't necessarily that willing to ask for help to get some advice in those situations. I mean, do you see that as being the case? And, and if so, why would that be? I think that's that's definitely the case. I think part of it is a pride thing. Sure. People want to feel knowledgeable and competent, particularly in, in a new role that they probably want very much to succeed in. But at the same time, I think anyone who's been in management for any period of time will tell you it's a difficult job. Right. And what, one of the reasons is that managers, I did a piece for Forbes about this not too long ago, the notion of manager really has to wear a lot of hats. Uh, you have to be alternately a, a coach, a psychologist, a policeman, an accountant if you're dealing with large budgets, a diplomat to, to handle conflict situations. There's any number of, of skill sets that you really have to involve. And for someone who's just stepping into the role, that's hard enough for someone who's been in it for a long period of time, much less just coming into it cold. Mm-hmm. So very challenging job, and it's, there's no shame whatsoever in getting whatever help you can reasonably right. to, uh, to help yourself out. Well, with that being said, I mean, where, who would you suggest people turn to for advice? I mean, maybe uh, from personal experience, who did you lean on? Where, where's a good place to go or a good place to start? Yeah, there, I have a few answers to that. I think in an ideal world, you'd lean on your own manager right. quite a lot, assuming you had a good and positive constructive relationship with him or her. I think that's, that's always a good scenario if you have it. Beyond that, I would certainly... Not hesitate, and this is probably, you asked me about my own background, this is probably what I did the most, is consulted with my own HR department. Oh, okay. Often an HR, their human resources department, will have individuals who will be available for that kind of consultation, and you can go to them with questions about employee relations, about different situations, I will give some level of support. Your organization may also have some onboard training or may, you know, may offer to pay for some external training. There's plenty of companies that provide it. So there's a number of, a number of things you can do. Another situation is if you happen to have a mentor in the organization, someone who's an experienced manager whom you respect, I think that can be a, a very valuable source as well. The key really is having someone who's experienced and knowledgeable, whatever they're actual position in the organization right. and, and willing to take some time with you and someone you feel comfortable with. Well, hopefully we are also here to help uh, you specifically with your background and experience. Again, we're talking about the essentials that are uh, really required if you want to be successful as a new manager specifically. So let's uh, let's talk to those new managers out there. Perhaps one is leading his or her first meeting with the team in, in some facet. What, what would you say is important in terms of uh, having a presence uh, or setting a tone? What, what would you look to there? A few things. I think first and foremost, you want to be yourself. You've got to be true to the kind of person you are and really not try to just because you've become a manager, right. shift into a, a skin of some sort. It's hard enough to do the job when you're yourself, much less trying to <laughs> pretend to be someone else. Beyond that, 
uh, I think you want to you want to strike a balance. You you definitely want to establish some level of authority, but you don't want to come on too strong. I mean, you want to be approachable, you want to be friendly, but you want to realize that there is a there is a boundary there. You are the manager, and it's not all going to happen at one time. I mean, you're 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 in that role, but it will take some time to to fully grow into it. I would say sure. Why would you say this matters so much in for, in terms of setting that tone? I mean, can you put your finger on what it does or what, what the purpose of it would be? Well, I, I always say, and this is something else I've done pieces about for Forbes and Psychology Today, is that respect, not friendship, is okay. what a manager wants. It's not to say you can't have amiable, friendly kinds of relations, but you can't be best buddies with the people you're managing. Right. Or you can, but it will come back to haunt you when you need to exert corrective action, when you need to exert control. Um, you don't want it to be a shock to the system. You, you want to maintain a certain amount of, I guess, what I would call amiable distance. Right. From your experience, do you think more new managers come on too strongly to start, trying to set that authoritative tone, or come on a little too timidly? And, and why do you think either way um, happens more often? I think it's a mix. I think either one of those is a is an easy temptation. Either one of those is a is a road you can go down and you just want to watch yourself that you want to have elements of, of both of those qualities without really giving way too much in, into either of them. I mean, do you have any tips as far as trying to find that balance? I know it's difficult if you're not in a specific situation, but I don't know if there's anything you could draw off of to help our listeners grasp onto a little bit. I think it becomes sort of an intuitive situation, but if you if you feel that people are just crossing that boundary with you, becoming too familiar, trying to buddy up with you, trying to gain or curry favor accordingly, that would be a warning sign to me. That would be a red flag. Okay, that's good. That you're not you don't have sufficient distance and authority to to really do the job. Sure, and that's not to say you would be. Tyrannical in any way, I think that that doesn't work either. <laughs> but a certain level of distance, I think, is a is a positive thing to cultivate. And since you you know sort of brought that up, and I know it's part of all a similar element when it comes to new managers and dealing with that, you know, not being a friend to everyone. What is the challenge there? Why does that become a, a struggle, or or why is that an important facet that you talk about in terms of not being a friend to everybody you're involved with? As I mentioned earlier, and I I've known managers who I think fit this kind of profile, being a player's coach, if you will, but you can take it to a fault because ultimately a manager needs to get results. A manager's going to be held accountable for you know, very specific results in all likelihood. And that's not always pleasant. It's not always a walk in the park. Right. It's not always fun in games. And when it comes time to put the hammer down or to be exert more control, if, in fact, you're just in the habit of being too friendly, that's one of those things that it will be a shock to the system, if you will. Right. People will respond well to it. People like predictability and consistency. Um, I think that's very important in, in management, and this is, this is one of those, those aspects. Do you then think there's a way to communicate that need for some sort of separation of, a, of that friendship to a direct report? And I would think especially when it comes to 
possibly you were all working as a team as peers, and now that one person was promoted into that managerial position. So the, the dynamics have changed. Do you communicate that openly and say, look, this is different now. It can't be exactly the same. Or do you have to naturally let that sort of uh, happen? Well, it's not anything that I ever communicated overtly in that way. It was more a, a type of way that I would act. Okay. So let's just take a hypothetical example. Let's say that a team was in the habit of going out for beers after work, and part of their banter would be a certain amount of talk, in all likelihood, about perhaps not speaking that well of, of some in management or <laughs> some negative thoughts in, in that regard. Right. I mean, I think once you become a manager, you've got to realize you can't have it both ways. Yeah. You can't play both ends in the middle. And that, that might be a type of activity that you just need to cut out. It's not something that would be appropriate in the new role if you really want to be effective in that new role. Sure. No, that's definitely a fair point. And like you said, it's not necessarily a conversation you have, but uh, more in your actions. I think that's definitely something that the listeners can appreciate. So while we're on that subject of sort of communication and, and how that all comes about, um, of course, we all know communication is very important. But when it comes to being in that managerial position, that, that especially the, the first time you are, you're put in that new spot, is there something specifically that you would say, you know, this is essential, you have to make sure this is all taken care of when it comes to being successful in terms of communication? Yeah, and it's not a, a switch that you flip, but it's an environment or an atmosphere that you create. Okay. I think you want to create, above all, an atmosphere in which open two-way communication is okay. It's encouraged. It's the way you want to operate. And I think if you do that and people know that they can speak up when they have to, again, not, not anarchy, not mayhem, uh, you're, you're the manager, you're in charge, but the, to the extent that there is, that people do feel comfortable expressing their opinions, even if they don't always agree with you, right. um, and they, but they know they're free to do that, I think that's the environment that ultimately people will feel most comfortable in, will be most engaged in their work, and will ultimately be most productive. Would you have any guidelines or warnings uh, to those managers listening right now as far as how to handle that? Because like you said, there, as with everything, there's got to be a balance of that openness versus letting the, uh, let it, letting the prisoners run the asylum, so to speak. Yeah, you certainly don't want inmates running the asylum. <laughs> but I would say in terms of red flag warning signals, if you sense that people are really fearful uh, or seem to be not expressing opinions with any regularity and, and folding feelings too much inside. Right. I think that would be something I would be watchful of, and that could be a potential problem if I were a manager. Okay. Again, you want to have that environment where, where thought is freer. How about in terms of employee expectations? Uh, is there something that's essential in your mind to make sure that production is smooth, the relationships are smooth? I mean, what, what would you be saying um, would be essential? I think the most important thing, and I think this is, it's critical for any manager, but to even more so for newer managers, is to really make sure that your employee objectives, that the standards that employees are expected, the results they're expected to get, the standards are expected to adhere to, are very, very clear. Right. All too often in job situations, objectives are kind of vague. You really want to be sure that job objectives are clear, measurable, meaningful. 
ideally agreed to by not only the manager and the employee, but the manager's manager too, to be sure they're fully aligned with the broader organizational goals. I, I can't really say this or emphasize this enough about objectives because without clear objectives, management is kind of reaching in the dark uh-huh. and it can lead to all kinds of all kinds of problems. But if objectives are very clear and everybody gets them, they can also be a new manager's best friend. They can be a real source of, of strength and guidance when you're trying to evaluate how things are going or things going well or things going off track. Well, if they're written down clearly in, in black and white, that can make a great deal of difference. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I think that's a great point. Again, uh, a good takeaway for some of our listeners here. My question with that is, how much of that is collaborative? And with the, those direct reports, or is there a time where a manager says, look, this is how I want things done. No questions asked. You know, this is one place I'm standing standing firm on. Uh, I mean, is it sort of a combination of all that when you're, when you're looking to set these up? Yeah, I think it is a combination. I think you definitely want to get employees' input because oftentimes it's the folks on the, on the shop floor, as they say, who are going to be closer to the work, closer to the actual operations, and may have a more realistic assessment of what's possible and what's not. On the other hand, again, the inmates aren't running the asylum. You're the manager. And at the end of the day, you can't just let employees make standards because they probably come up with something very different than you ultimately uh, you would. It might be much too low a bar, if you will. You want to hold people to a high standard. So I think it is it is collaboration, and that's that's ultimately the, the best way to do it. But the manager has the has the final vote, no question about it. We've been talking about you know these essential aspects and and traits and different areas that new managers need to focus on to be successful. What are then some of the more common mistakes that new managers tend to make? I think that, and this comes back to the notion of trying or, or not wanting to admit that you may need help in some situations. I think the more, most common issue is really pretending to be more knowledgeable than you are or wanting to seem more knowledgeable than you are hmm. and being reluctant to ask for assistance. Uh, when you need to. Again, management is a, it's a huge topic. It's a huge body of knowledge. It's a huge variety of situations that you can get yourself into. And there's no shame in, in asking for help, particularly, I mean, really at any stage, but even more so when, you, when you're new in the role. Once again, Victor, uh, you've given us some nice uh, insights and perspective on this area. Uh, what final message would you want to express regarding this topic? Any any lasting tips or advice for our listeners who might be in that position of being a new manager? Just that it's a complex business. And there's a lot of hats you wear, as I, as I said earlier. Don't think you're going to be an expert in all of them initially, but, but be yourself, find your way, and don't, afraid, don't be afraid to ask for reasonable assistance when you need it. And with that, we will wrap things up here on Employment Notebook. And again, it's been a look at some new managers and some essential points that they hopefully can take away to aid in their success in their new positions. Our expert guest filling us in once again has been Victor Lipman, founder and principal of Howling Wolf Management Training. Victor, thanks again for uh, coming on and giving our, uh, giving our listeners some of that background experience and utilizing it to help them today. We always appreciate it. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you very much for having me once again. 
And as always, we like to hear from you, the listener, as well. So if you do have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio, just send an email over to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I am your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.